everyone my name is brandon krieger welcome to the daily cyber this is episode number 251 uh, i want to thank everyone for coming out tonight i uh, hope you uh, are having a a good monday i'm sure it's busy for everyone um, just hearing on the industry just a lot going on right now with cybersecurity. so all you cybersecurity experts or people that are in the field i'm sure you're deep into projects and things are going on right now i'm, I'm hearing the same thing from my colleagues and the things that i'm going through right now so a lot going on so in this episode what we're going to do is get more of a q a uh there's a lot of questions going on in the industry right now about you know technologies career jobs you know where to go and I'm going to leave it open today to just answer all your questions, really help you navigate through cybersecurity and your career and just help you kind of get to that next level. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Hey everyone, yeah, uh, there's a little bit of lag in the video. I got a ticket logged in with Restream to, uh, to deal with that. So if you guys are seeing that right now, I uh, just want to let you know I'm aware of it. Uh, just, yeah, Restream's having a little problems in that. We should have that resolved fairly soon. So I want to welcome again to the, you know, Cyber Insecurity Network. We're doing a lot of great things here, myself and Neil, now the team that's building out doing a lot of great things when it comes to giving you guys advice recommendations about what's going on in the cybersecurity industry uh, one thing if you have a question put them in the feed i know the cyber insecurity uh, monitors right now are, are looking over the channel making sure that i have your questions and answer anything that you have for tonight tonight's going to be a q a i really want to kind of help you guys navigate through uh, cybersecurity. I know a lot of people have been asking me uh, privately in DM. Uh, you know, they're looking for mentors, they're looking for people to ask questions. That's one of the reasons why Neil and myself are doing this right now is to be those mentors for you coming out. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know, coming to the streams. I know we're building up the network to be able to have more experts here to have the conversation. Mondays is going to be live chat with me. On Wednesdays, I'm going to have experts on the actual stream so you guys can learn from other people in the industry and ask them questions as well. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I got uh, Dr. Eric Cole coming in in about two weeks. 
Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's an amazing VCSO, uh, helps educate people on how to become a CISO or a VCSO. So it's be great to ask him questions if you want to be in manage, management, you want to look at uh, being on the executive board, anything along that line, it's going to be great for you to ask those questions. So start off, let me know uh, what questions do you have. I'm going to uh, start with the first one that I saw already. Is learning this required to get uh, to getting an, a job? It's not necessary. Uh, when you start going into your certification, this is, again, my opinion. It's not necessary to know. It's a framework that a lot of you know companies use. Uh, especially when they go for testing and, and uh, like cybersecurity, uh, pen testing. Uh, it's a framework that they use. And it's good to have that knowledge. And the more you know, the better off you are and the better you can talk about. So make sure that as you're going through your, certif your certifications and knowledge, what direction do you want to take, right? Pen testing, it's great to know NIST. If you're working on, say, at a SOC, Right. NIST is kind of a nice to have, but you're really not going to be using it too much on your day to day. Uh, if you're talking about compliance and cybersecurity on that side, NIST is you, you need to know NIST. You need to know NIST, PCI, at least have a, a working knowledge of them. Uh, PCI DSS, I'm just trying to think of the other ones. Uh, GDPR, uh, PIPITA, if you're in, in Canada. So you have to know about the different compliance standard, uh, high trust. Uh, trying to think of the other one. Uh, there's a few of them that you need to know as you're going through, especially with compliance. Uh, so to answer that question, NIST is good to know. But again, depending on the stream that you're going for your career, right? if you're starting off with SOC, right, it's nice to have, but it's not necessary to be getting to a SOC position. Uh, when you get in uh, security analyst level one, it's good to know the technical roles in the sense of your threats, your attacks, uh, different methodology, uh, learning the different tools that are out there, uh, different sims that are out there, that's going to give you more strength to get into those positions. Uh, if you're starting to move up to compliance, things along that line, it's better to know that. Um, next question. Let's see. Uh, beginning here, what would uh, be a budget-friendly laptop to learn Linux? Linux, is, as far as I know, is very... Uh, a very small frames. So, I mean, you can learn Linux off, uh, like in you can re-image a small, cheap five hundred dollar laptop, right? And maybe even you know, I'm trying to even think, even probably cheaper, right? Just because Linux doesn't take a lot of overhead. It's the you know itself if you're just using the the infrastructure. But if you use the GUI, uh, and depending on what version of of Linux too, right? Some of them have more GUI interface. So it depends if you're just straight doing command line. You'd be fine on a small, just a, an easy PC or you know anything along that line, but as you start to move up and you start to use the GUI, then you have to have something that's a little bit more processor, processor and RAM intensive, and you won't need that much space again with data. So that's kind of a recommendation on Linux. I'd ask Neil too; he's a lot more technical when it comes to devices on that. But that's my recommendation when it comes to Linux, because again, when you look at Kali Linux and all that. They use them on, on smaller machines when, when possible. But when you start to use multiple uh, tools, then you're going to need a more powerful system. Uh, next question. I'm 24 years old, uh, 24 years old, former security guard, uh, movie theater, food service employee. I signed on with NextGenT through their, their program. They graduate uh, us in six months with a Security Plus cert. What else should I do? Get experience. 
right? If you're going to go out into the industry, get experience. Um, I'd love to know uh, what you're looking to get into, right? Let me know that. Uh, comment to in the actual chat, and then they'll they'll let me know. Uh, but that's a good start. That's a good start to get you into any of the socks, right? In the sense of you have some security kind of methodology and thinking, especially if you work physical security. You kind of look at, and I used to work physical security, so I I get this. I used to work at uh, the Sky Dome, which is now called the Rogers Center, and then I've worked at you know you know kind of the lower income areas in Toronto, uh, Flemington Park, Jane and Finch. If you ever want to Google that, they're not really uh, friendly areas, places you don't want to go out in the dark. Um, well, at that time, I don't know. They're, they're probably better now, hopefully knock on wood. And learning security, you're always looking at the risks out there, well, how people can compromise things, uh, certain things like the, how they can break in a car, how they can break in this. And you're always looking at that. Well, that same methodology and, and, and mental state, you're actually doing that when you're actually working in cybersecurity, IT security. You're thinking, how can people break in? So that thought process is what you need to think about as you're studying, as you're working, is keeping that same thought is how can people compromise this? How can people compromise, you know, this phone, right? What can they do? How can they get into it? You know, what's different ways, right? How can they destroy it? Like, you know, and you're thinking that constantly, right? And that you know, security methodology is going to be amazing for you to think about different compromises, different attacks. So keep that mindset and then just kind of go on to what you're looking to, to work on. Uh, next question. So I work as a paramedic. Uh, thank you so much for your service, uh, but always had a passion for tech and started the path of pushing a cybersecurity associate degree and base search for my own knowledge uh, sacks. How can I tie in my experience in the medical field to, t to tech on my resume and during uh, the interview process? I'd probably look at the tools that you use. Um, trying to think of, as an ambulance and a, as a paramedic, uh, there's a lot of tools and things that you use. Um, heart monitor, uh, what else do you use? Radio. I would tie those in and, and look at you know, the methodology and how you use it. Again, this, uh, this is actually having a tone here, right? We're all looking at how to use what we have to think in a, in a uh, cybersecurity or security mindset, right? So as a paramedic, you're looking at life, right? One of the main things when you look at the CISSP is protecting life. So using that, that you know that inside of how valuable life is when it comes to protecting assets and data and all that, and then from that, like as you're taking your cybersecurity associate degree, take that and frame it how important it is and how you know that value, you know, as you're, and this is where you come into selling yourself is talking about, you know, I understand how data and how uh, an outage can affect, you know, the, the organization, you know, as, uh, as it, the business continuity, how it functions, but I can understand how it affects the people and their psychology and, you know, how the, you know, it can affect the, the revenues. So having that mindset and talking about that on all different levels is going to give you a lot stronger conversation because you can say, look, I know personally how people can be affected, right? On an outage or something that's going along that line that, you know, they've been affected by maybe a car crash or something like that. Well, there's no difference when it comes to an outage, when a, a company gets hacked, they go through the same thought process. They go through the same fears, the same concerns. It's just a little bit different because we're dealing with technology, but people are still affected. So that's how I would, I would frame it to utilize the experience. And then of course, getting right now while you're going through your cybersecurity associate degree, 
go get the experience volunteer. You know, I know you probably work long shifts, but when you have some time off, go volunteer, get some experience. Even, you know what? I'm just actually thinking that depending on where you are being a paramedic, if it's a firehouse or your own paramedic station, see if you can do some things in the long lines of security for them. You know, writing up policies for data protection, writing up uh, schedules, looking at, you know, how they can secure the, the, the ambulance and everything along that line. That's what I do. And then that gives you a little bit leverage of now applied knowledge, right? You know how to put a program in place. You know how to do that. So that's my recommendation. Let me know if you have any questions about that. Uh, is there a difference between SAC and SOC? Uh, give me a second here. There's a security operations center. I'm looking up SAC here. Let me look that up for you. Yeah, because I've heard NOC, like a network operating center. I've never heard SAC. Uh, give me a second. English of pamphlets. Yeah. If you can, clarify for that for me. Yeah, because I haven't heard that before. Uh, give me a second here. Uh, there's more of the HR. And so let's hear another question. There's a more of an HR question when applying to a job, if they ask for an indeed or LinkedIn application, should that be uploaded or is it better to stick to the general one page resume? I feel like the, like the LinkedIn and indeed resumes are not as good, but if that's what companies ask for, it's it's best to follow that HR right now is your gatekeepers. That's what you're trying to get through. All right. So if HR is trying to go on LinkedIn, indeed, uh, workopolis, whatever that may be in a now workopolis right now is not providing any, uh, I'm trying to think of the simplify indeed LinkedIn jobs, tech, uh, tech careers are some of the sites. Uh, if they're doing that, be everywhere they want you to be. All right. And give them much value and let them know on your resume, you will provide more, more information as required. Right, or at their request, right? And then what happens is tell them that, tell them that there's more information, let them know ahead of time. And then, you know, talk to, and then I, I talked about this last Monday, talk to the HR people, talk to the hiring managers, get in their network, network, network. Don't let them control the interview. You have to control it. You have to control the interview. You have to control the time. And what I mean by that is contact them. You know, what else do you need from me? Asking them good you know, quality question. How can I, you know, answer your questions? What can I do for you to show that I'm excited the position? I'm the right candidate. You know, what information do you need from me? And that's going to help them go, okay, this is the right goal. This is the right person. Brandon, he's the right guy, right? Because I'm so passionate. I'm giving them as much as I can. And they, that's someone they want to work with because if there's any managers or directors here you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you want to work with someone is so hungry that when they're doing a task or a job, they're always coming back. I need to do more. What else would you want me to do versus someone they have to pull through? So if you're coming to the job already that hungry and you can maintain that, they're going to love you because now they know that you're going to go and you hustle and they don't have to worry about you. They don't have to worry about you getting the job or getting the job done. They're going to like, this guy's hungry. This guy's hungry to do it. So that's my recommendation on that. Uh, what tool can you use in a SOC to detect web application attacks? Uh, good question. Let me come back to that. I'm going to actually note that I'm going to ask Neil what's probably the best one he would recommend. Uh, I know right now we use a SIM 
security incident, security event incident management tool. Uh, uh, I know there's Rapid7, there's Q Radar, uh, Secure Onyx. There's all different tools, right? And there's web filters that you can put in, in there with their kind of plugins that will do that. But I'm going to ask Neil because he's probably the best technical guy to do that. I know right now for us, what we recommend, I'm just trying to think out loud. What we recommend is the whole kind of suite when you look at a SIM that monitors the whole network and environment, but it has these, you know, plugins or add-ons that, that come with it. Uh, let me see here. Next question. I'm interested in getting into the risk assessment side of cybersecurity. I'm 46 years old, veteran. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, with about 10 years in IT, with the, with the last six years working with the Cisco cal, uh, collaboration, however, 10 no certs or college degree. I was wondering if you would advise the the best path for someone like me is 46 year old to get into cybersecurity. Okay. So first and foremost, my first question has, have you ever done a risk assessment? Right. If you haven't, you need to get the knowledge. Right. And I know some people will talk about certs and no certs. I would actually say, uh, and I'm going to look one up for you right now. I would actually say you need to kind of get that cert to back up your knowledge right? and back up your, your expertise. Cause the reason why you want to do that is it's so important for them to validate that, you know, what, you know, uh, give me a second here. Um, one I'm looking up right now, there's uh, RIMS uh, Canadian risk management. Uh, just here. I'll find one for you. Uh, there's a few of the risk management certifications. Uh, here we go. There's one from Asaka. There's actually a good one there. And let me pull this on screen so you can see this. Uh, give me a second here. So there you can go. There, there's a good certification, certified in risk and information system controls. I'd recommend you look at certifications like this to give you at least, even if you just read the book and have the knowledge, like any of the study guides, to have that knowledge to be able to say, look, you know what? I have the base knowledge, you know, here's what I can do. And then as you're studying, go to small organizations, small companies and help them say, look, you'll, you'll give them a discounted, you know, risk assessment on their business and go get some of the experience. Cause what's going to happen is someone's going to ask you, okay, great. You have some experience. You have experience in it. Okay. Have you ever done a risk assessment? You know, do you know what it's entailed? And if you can talk them through the methodology, of how it works and how it's implemented, the challenges and all that, they'll go, yes, this guy gets it. And then, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's get him moving forward. And they might get you as a junior risk auditor or assessor and then move you up through the ranks. So that's my recommendation to kind of how to break into that, that side of it. Uh, it's, it's a lot to learn, but I mean, it's really worth it, especially when you look at compliance and, and, and different companies that are looking at right now. I know a big conversation that's coming on is the CMMC, Right, that's going to be huge over the next year to two years. So again, when you're looking at compliance and and cybersecurity risk, that's going to be a key area to to keep your eye on. Uh, give me a second here. Let me catch up to the questions here. Uh, uh, is it still worth it going into physical hacking? Meaning, is it still marketable? Of course, right? Still, still marketable. I mean, right now we're dealing with the pandemic, of course, but it's still marketable in the, in the sense of learning the skills and doing that for future. We're not always going to be at that. And don't get me wrong. There's some companies and organizations that are still, uh, at their locations, 
right? You still got hospitals, you still got manufacturers, you still got uh, supply chain are all still functioning right now and all still have to go through compliance and testing. So learning physical hacking for sure. Like uh, I know I was at uh, one of the conferences and they were doing lock picking and things along that line. It's always good to know. And you remember it's, it's something to have in the toolbox, right? It's not that you're, that's the only thing you do, but have that in the toolbox of other things you can do. So if it's application hacking, if it's, you know, physical hacking, it's social engineering, you know, Try to have multiple things in your toolbox that you can work with. Uh, I decided to leave college. I felt it was uh, taking too long to finish four years. I'm 29 years old. I was wondering how can I get into cybersecurity since I already work as a tech in Apple, uh, Apple in the store. Okay, so you work in the Apple store. First and foremost, okay, this is something that you probably don't want to hear. I probably would recommend it, you know, depending how far you were in your degree. I didn't see mentioned like if you were on year three or year two or just on your first year, but if you're on year three of a four year degree, I'd recommend you go back and finish that. Uh, now th this is the caveat. If it's in cybersecurity and that's what you want to get, get into, I'd recommend you go back into it, especially at age 29, you've got lots of time. Time is not an, an issue in that, in that sense. The only reason why that is, is when you go into organizations and companies, you know, if you want to progress into management, they like to see a degree, right? They like to see that because they think they know that, you know, these people have different, you know, methodologies and thinking and, and education that they can work with. It's not that you, you know, it's not impossible or people don't come from, you know, sweat equity and move their way up. It's just the way they see you, right? So it makes it a little bit easy for you. Now you work as a tech in the Apple store. That's great. How do you have that conversation? This is what, you know, I've been talking about. How do you frame that now to go around uh, cybersecurity? One thing I'd recommend, uh, especially if you're in tech, go get your security plus certification to, to transfer you over into cybersecurity right now to get you there and start having that conversation. Easy three month, you know, certification, uh, especially with some knowledge that you have right now to be able to go get the certification then be able to go start getting interviews and start working your way over. You might even be able to see an Apple because uh, it's a, such a massive company if they're hiring security people inside and maybe get yourself into a position there. So those are tiny different strategies. I just know, like for my example, I don't have a degree. I know it comes down to my sale, my sales pitch, me really overselling myself and really kind of hustling out there. And that for me is so important is to be able to do that. But it's a lot more work for me to do that. Right, versus if I had a degree, it might be a little bit easier. And don't get me wrong, when I first started in cybersecurity, that was a lot of the conversation. Right, and a lot of the conversation was, um, and along along the lines of, do you have a degree? Do you have a computer science degree? Do you have you know this type of degree? And then I was like, no, I don't. Okay, well, what experience do you have? That was the next question. So if I had a degree, I might have shortened that 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 discussion. Right. So as you can hear with my energy, I was able to overcome that, but it was a, whole, a little bit of work and I had to polish my conversation and polish the pitch. Uh, so hopefully that helps. Um, is the MicroMaster in cybersecurity from RIT University a good start? You know, I actually never heard of that. Let me look that up for you. Um, give me a second here. I would say, to be honest, you're not even looking at it. Any degree that gives you a knowledge base, 
Uh, give me a second here. I'm going to pull up on screen so you guys can see it. Perfect. There we go. I'll pull that off there. Uh, so I think this is one you're talking from at, at uh, edx.org. Uh, RIT master micro master program in cybersecurity. Anyone that's going to give you a degree that's going to give you base knowledge, like applied, you know, one theoretical, but also applied knowledge that you can work through. So you've got uh, computer fundamentals, computer uh, forensics, which is good, it's very, very good to know. Uh, computer uh, cybersecurity risk management, good to know. Eight weeks, network security, uh, cybersecurity cap capstone, and then job outlook. Doesn't look like a bad bad course, like the be overall. Uh, what I see is things that stand out for me is computer for, uh, forensics. That's actually really good. With the amount of companies that are getting compromised right now, how to actually deal with the actual environment and protect it for uh, investigations and making sure they're not, you know, affecting the data at all, right? Uh, chain of custody, things along that line. So important to know. Um, so I would I would look at that course. I would also ask yourself the question before signing up for them, where do you want to go? Like what direction do you want to get, get into when it comes to cybersecurity? Uh, so hopefully that answered your question. Let me know. But yeah, it doesn't seem like a bad course. Uh, it's kind of a, a generic course and it focused on, like I said, a few different areas. I just don't know what you're trying to get into. And that would be more specific. I would look at my five-year goal and work backwards, right? If so if my five-year goal would be into be risk management or forensics right, and looking at doing incident response, this is kind of where I'd, I would go. If I was looking at going into pen testing, uh, compliance, anything along that, this is probably not the right course for me. So just to kind of give you some contrast and some, you know, different ways of thinking. Uh, hi, I'm currently in school for cybersecurity. I hear that there are uh, 10 to 1 more jobs uh, on the defense side than offense side. I want to be an, an ethical hacker, pen tester. Do you believe I would have, I have to start a defense side, SOC, etc., or would it be able to break into the junior pen tester also? Uh, also, other than Security Plus, what would that might be my second certification to go? Okay, so when it comes to ethical hacking and pen testing, just trying to see here. I'm just going to go back through it. Have you done any pen testing? That would be my first question. Have you kind of gone through capture the flags, anything along that line? Have you done labs at home? Have you really got your, your, your feet wet and be able to do that? Because someone like Neil, I was listening to his podcast, the other stream the other day, he's going to ask you methodologies and thinking, how do you think through, you know, compromising, you know, an environment? What's your, what's your tools you use and how do you think it through? Now, if you have the right thought process and maybe you're making a few errors, he, someone like Neil, and I'll get Neil to answer this, but I think someone like Neil will going to go, okay, at least he has a base knowledge I can work with and the right thinking. Now we just have to train him up to kind of get him into real world situations where he's actually someone that can apply this even better. Right. And they'll train you up. Now, if you have no knowledge, Right now you have to go out and get your knowledge, you know, that's through CH, OSCP, uh, different books, different resources, capture the flag, whatever that may be. 
and then go get some experience by doing these in real world by, like I said, capture the flag, pen tests, you know, for different companies with the right contracts in place. I want to be very, you know, uh, ethical here, right? Because you have to make sure that you have the correct, uh, I'm trying to think engagement letters and the engagement for what you're going to scope out and what you're able to test against. Right? And if you can do that, then that's going to give, build up your experience. So after security plus, uh, second best certification, if you're going into pen testing, I'd probably say the OSCP is uh, the next uh, kind of direction you want to go. Right. But again, with that, you want to do labs and kind of get in there and that will give you the, what you call is the theoretical knowledge that people kind of go, okay, he's got that because you got a certification and then they're going to want to test your applied knowledge. Right. It doesn't mean you don't have the applied knowledge. You just want, they want to test it, right. To make sure that they can validate that. You know what, you know what, you know, let me know if that answers your question. Uh, feedback, uh, sucks slow. Uh, thanks Brandon. Never thought of trying in it in that way. Makes a lot of sense. Perfect. Yeah. L let me know if you have any other questions. Uh, just turned, just tuned in. So I don't know if I'm already, uh, if someone's already answered this, I was looking at trying to work in Canada, Vancouver area, possibly how likely, how hard is it to do this as a non-Canadian? Okay. So a lot of times I, I talk to you and there's, um, I think it's ACE that's here in Toronto. Uh, it's a program for people that are, they're immigrants that are coming into the country that need to get a knowledge and experience and get some training and then get some co-op to be able to get that real world experience, to be able to get into the, the, uh, hiring environment because a lot of times people ask me these organizations do you have any canadian or if you're in the united states do you have any north american experience and when people go oh no i just moved here then they go okay well go get experience and then come back well and then you put your hand up going well if i can't work for you how can i get experience now you're kind of in this loop this catch 22. so try to find programs like ace uh that are helping people that have moved to the country that you can go through and some of them have you know, paid programs. Some of them have like, uh, I think some of them are covered like by the government and you're able to go through it and get your knowledge, right? Your applied knowledge and your theor theoretical knowledge, but also they get you a co-op experience so you can get some real world experience. Then you are able to kind of go back to the companies and say, look, you know what? I have this experience, you know, and here's, here's where I can go. And then they can kind of go great. Right. And now they'll start interviewing to make sure it's you, you're able to work within their environment. Uh, clarification here. So security, uh, analytics center. I'm gonna have to look that up. Uh, cause to me, that sounds like people that analyze data, but I want to see that. Uh, to do what is a security analytics center? So, so everyone knows, including myself, and I'm learning this new, uh, security analytics is an approach to cybersecurity focused on the analysts of data to produce proactive security measures. For example, monitoring network traffic could be used to identify indicators of compromise before an actual threat occurs. Okay. Um, just trying to see security analytics cases. And then I'm just kind of looking for your question, the difference. So it looks like what happens is, and I'll, I'll check in with Neil about this, but it looks like the security anal, analytics center basically analyzes the tr network traffic and, you know, the, the logs to be able to see what's going on with the incidents. 
uh, endpoints and users, network traffic, business applications, cloud traffic, non-IT, uh, data. So yeah, it looks like it actually analyzes the tra analyzes all the data, and then they come up probably with reports and be able to show kind of what's going on in the environment, you know, pretend, uh, depending on the client and what they're working with. So the difference between a SOC, right, security operations center, is they're, of course, monitoring the environment, for instance, and, and things along the, on that line. But it seems like the security analyst center is actually going more deeper into the actual logs. Now, I'll, I'll ask Neil to clarify that. Uh, he'll be on at seven o'clock, so or uh, seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time, or actually no, he's on an hour after me, and then I'll get him to clarify that. Uh, what else here? Hi, I was uh, I was a security fan for five years ago. Uh, five years ago, I loved to watch many security education network plus security plus EH, ESCA, uh, PWK, and some other tutorials, but I don't uh, I didn't find jobs in the field. Uh, last passion. What is your suggestion? Okay. So everyone take a quick break. Anyone that's in cybersecurity or is going to it. I want you to figure out your big, big why, right? Post it in the actual uh, chat. What is your big, big why? Not I'm going to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, I just like the, the job. Why are you in this industry? Why are you in cybersecurity? Like, give me your big, big why. Not your like, oh, this is a great industry because it's more job security. I want to hear like your huge why. That is what's going to drive you when the shit hits the fan. You know, security is the one of the greatest, you know, careers to be in, but it's also the hardest, in, in my opinion, in the sense that you are the one that when things happen, when things go awry, they're looking at you. What did you do wrong? What did you do or what didn't you do, right? How, why isn't this fixed? Why isn't this working, right? They're pointing fingers at you and it's just all this pressure on you and you have to be able to take it, you know, kind of ground yourself, go through that process and be able to say, okay, I'll figure this out. I'm going to go look into it and I'll get back to you and then report as you're fixing and resolving, right? And you might not be, for me, I'm an accountant executive. So it might not be me directly that, is able to do the remediation, but it's someone else in the team, but they're looking at me directly going, Brandon, what did you do? Right? What happened? And through that process, I'm the one that has to kind of clarify for the client and let them know this is what's happening. This is what we're working on. This is what's going on and be able to advise them and educate them on the, on what we're doing, taking all that pressure because they're frustrated and rightfully so because as security professionals, their expectations, we're protecting their business. So if you have that big, big why, that's going to drive you at nights when you're sitting there going, okay, today was like, this was a rough day, but I'm doing this because of that. Whatever that big why is, that's why I'm doing it. And then just keep your focus on that. Now, you might want to ask like, you know, what's my big why? I, my, my background and, and, you know, in helping people is my big why. I want to make sure people are safe and secure. That's my big why. I, I have the goal to educate and help people as as much as I can. Hence why I do these streams. Hence why I'm on the phone. I'm, I'm talking to clients. I'm on there. My goal is not for sales. And, and you know, I'll probably get in trouble for that, but it's not. It's to help people. That's my big, big why. Sales is part of what I do and connecting people and, and closing deals and do all that. It's part of what I do. 
right? And it's a benefit of, of my job. But the real big why for me is to help people because I've been in the situations where I've been around bad areas. I've been around challenges where you don't feel safe. You don't feel secure. And I don't want people to feel that. And I've seen people get, you know, you know, compromised, you know, through physical security, but I've also seen the technical side where people's identity has been lost. They've lost money. They've lost all that. And just to see the struggle and the pain of they're not getting that back and then they don't know what to do. And it's just, to me, it's like, uh-uh, I, I'm going to do my best to make sure I'm out, out here educating, helping people and helping them be secure and then getting you guys to help people, right? The people you work with and, and educate them and help them being secure is going to be my big, big goal. And that for me is, is just amazing to hear what you guys are doing, what you guys are working on. Cause as you guys get out in the industry, you're going to help the companies that you work with. You're going to help the employees that are part of that organization. You're going to help consultants, subcontractors, everyone that's connected to you. You're going to be able to help you enable the visa because you are going to be that security expert. You're going to be the one saying, look, we need to do this. Here's the policies. Here's the documentation. Here's the technology we're going to be able to implement. And you guys are going to be the ones advising. So keep it up, but focus on that big why. Uh, next question. What is the process, uh, process like for getting clearance for jobs? I see a lot of posts that uh, require some sort of clearance. I currently only have work authorization, which uh, excludes me from applying for these the type of jobs. Is there some loophole for a talent indiv talent individual uh, like the H-1B visa? I live in the East Coast U.S. For As far as I know, when it comes to clearance, uh, and again, I'll, I'll check in with Neil about this one. What happens is you have to, you know, the, a lot of times you get sponsored, right? You get sponsored by an organization or in a company and they go through the clearance. Now, some of the organizations have someone that's cleared, right, at a certain level of, of security, and they sponsor you and be able to get you through. So that's the one way I know what I've seen through clearance. There might be other ways, but as far as I know, that's one uh, way of doing it. Now, what I'd probably do if you're looking for these jobs with, with security clearance, I'd probably go into the companies and, and interview the managers and ask them, you know, I and show them like really kind of say, look, I, do you mind having, would, it, would, it be, would you be against having a, a quick 15 minute conversation? And then most of them will say, no, I have time. And just say, look, I'm really interested in this job. I really like to go, you know, get this job. I have all these experience. I think I'll be a great asset. The only thing I don't have is a clearance. What do I need to do to get this clearance so I can you know, work with your organization? And they'll tell you, they'll lay it out saying, you know what? Either one, yeah, once you get hired, we can actually you know walk you through that process. Or they'll tell you, look, here's how we recommend people get clearances. And they'll tell you what level of clearance you need and the, and the method of getting it. So that's my recommendation when you look at clearance. Uh, I have a base technical knowledge. I've built several gaming PCs. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, had data type jobs, not what you would call IT support roles, but want to get into cybersecurity. Should I begin with the most... Uh, basic a plus cert or jump into net plus security plus to begin if you have uh, an it support role net plus security plus would probably be your best route as far as, far as i know and i did my a plus 2001 2000 2001 you probably have the base knowledge of of a plus already and it's not really going to get you a job in security it's going to get you a job at best buy um, trying to think of any of the service places where you're, you're servicing computers, it's not going to get you to that next level. Knowing networks, 
for sure. It's going to help you with the security plus exam. So if you get your net plus and your security plus, that's going to help. But your A plus, I don't think is going to give you much value, especially coming from an IT support role. You're going to look at it and going to go processors, you know, CPUs, uh, RAM, okay, hard drive, networking, you know, okay, yeah, that, that's good. Operating systems, how to install it. Okay, you already know that. Okay, next, right? And then what happens is, and I'll be honest with you, as soon as you get your net plus and security plus, so net plus and security plus, you'll let A plus drop, right? Because it's not going to give you any value in the resume. I don't even think I have it on my resume anymore. Uh, I think I have security plus and then the ones that I'm working on, but yeah, a plus is one I let go, you know, off my resume just cause you know, it's, it's, a you know, it support role, desktop support role, um, working at a best buy or some company like that servicing computers. Even I think, uh, uh, staples does it. It's kind of that role, right? Not saying it's a bad role, but if you're trying to get into security, it's not going to give you any value. Uh, next question. How do you recommend uh, following the system in uh, specialty before getting into cybersecurity or start starting directly into as a cybersecurity and moving from there? So there's two methodologies this blue team, red team. And I'm going to use that as a, an example here. Some people say going through the blue team type, you know, learning experience learning networks, learning, you know, system admin, network admin, going through that process of how environments are set up to now cross over to security is a better way to go. It's a, it's a longer way to go. And don't get me wrong. It gives you the depth of knowledge of different systems, different network topologies, different environments, what needs to be set up that needs to be secure. It just depends on how much time you have and what direction you want to go into security because if you're going to cybersecurity and you're going to policy writing and you're going to compliance, being a system in, I mean, it's not really going to give you that strength. Now, if you're going into cybersecurity because you're going into SOC or pen testing or something along that line, it's going to, it's going to help. It's going to give you a lot more value uh, just because you're going to know the environments that you're looking at compromising. You know how they're set up. You're going to know the mistakes that people make from networks to databases to, uh, Active Directory or LDAP, you're going to know what people make mistakes on. And even cloud right now, cloud's massive, right? You're going to know what people are making mistakes on. You're going to be able to kind of attack it and go, this is what I know they make mistakes on. I'm going to start with those, you know, trying to pen test those first and then see if I can get in and go around there because that's what normally system in set up and here's where they leave their back door and here's where they do that. So I love to hear kind of what direction you want to go in cybersecurity. And then I can advise you a little bit better from there. Uh, how lucrative and stable would you say the freelance application security and code auditing is? If you have connections, right. And getting out there, it's, it's really secure in, in my opinion, because there's so many companies now that are developing applications. So to be able to go out and fuzz applications by testing everything at it, right. To be able to, you know, do a secure code review right, is, is amazing because there's so many companies. I mean, I, I talk to probably once a week or once every two weeks, a new company that's developed an application and is going out to the market and is looking at cybersecurity, right. As their whole infrastructure. And one of that portion is, is now doing uh, a gap assessment, a pen test, right. A vulnerability assessment. So all that stuff that you're, you're talking about when you're looking at being an expert as an application security code uh, auditor, 
I think that's really secure. You just got to find the companies right now and then just talk to them directly. Cause it's from my understanding, I haven't looked at the indeed and job sites. It's, I don't think it's really kind of posted publicly. It's stuff that they're doing internally and you going in with your expertise using frameworks like OWASP, you're going to be able to have a very strong you know, selling point that, Hey, let me, you, I know you're launching. I know you have investors. You're kind of going to the public. If you get compromised or there's a backdoor in your application that you're not aware of, you might get compromised and how's that going to affect your launch and how's it going to affect your Q1. Let me review your code. Let me come in as a, you know, as a consultant, I'll review it. I'll give you a report. I'll give you the remediation you know, report of what needs to be fixed. And then from there, what you can do is make the fixes or I can help you make the fixes. And then we can do another you know, assessment to be able to go to that next level and make sure you're launching a secure application. So that's my recommendation on, on freelance. And I do think there's a market out there for, even if you get involved with a pen testing team, right, that's out there and just kind of say, look, I'll work with your team to review the, the code, you know, do a code review. Uh, next question. Anybody know how I would pursue a career at, uh, at like CISA? Uh, I've been thinking critical infrastructure security might be my path. I think the best thing to do uh, when you're looking at different, different jobs and different careers is finding the companies that are hiring for that. So I'm just looking this up right now. Um, so you're looking at the uh, cybersecurity infrastructure security agency. I would reach out to see who actually works that you might know to, to interview them and then ask them, you know, ask them the questions like, you know, what, what, what do they need? What are they looking for right now? Go onto the job sites, right. And look at what, what they're hiring currently, you know, what positions are open. And then from there, start to reach out on LinkedIn, see if you can find people that work there and just ask them if you can have a quick conversation, ask them any questions about the job. Cause you're interested about applying. You just have some questions about what they do day to day in and day out. From there, you're going to get a better understanding of what they do, what you need to prepare for, but also, you know, when you get to the hiring manager, what needs to be said, you know, how you understand the, the, the industry and the infrastructure. And I'm going to be very clear. Don't lie or don't kind of say, you know, it because you heard it, make sure you understand it. And that's what you want to do. And, and that's what you want to do going forward. I've had people, and I, I want to throw that out right now. Uh, I've had people come in and say, look, you know, they, have this big pitch. They have this big sell. They talk about it, but they really don't know it. They really don't understand it. It's just, they're trying to get past the first gatekeeper and get into the door. But then what happens is that when the second person is a technical review or a technical interview, then they get stuck. Make sure when they say, okay, you need to know this, you need to know, and I'm going to use NIST for example, because we talked about it before, but you need to know NIST. Make sure you go out, you get, you go to NIST website, you download it, you know, you make sure you have your, and you just, consume it right you know inside and out so when they say do you know this you're gonna yeah I, I do understand the framework okay tell me how the framework works well here's the framework here's how it's laid out and this is how i apply it and that will help you so that's kind of my recommendation if you're looking at getting into uh just give me a second the security and infrastructure uh, security agency which it, it looks like it's it's a great you know career path but again make sure you do your research uh, I'll be graduating in August with my bachelor uh, in computer science or computer forensics and certificate in cybersecurity, considering cer uh, certifications, which would be uh, most valuable to be get, to get complement my qualifications. I was looking at network plus and security plus. Is that a good uh, plan? I think it's a step back, right? And, and just kind of reading you're graduating in August with my, with your bachelor's in computer forensics and uh, certificate in computer security. I would look at 
Now, depending on what you want to get into, then this is my, I guess my next question. If you want to go into forensics, I would look at forensic certifications. Now, if you're looking at getting pen testing and things along that line, I would look at your OSCP and those ones. So I'd love to kind of get a clarifying question for you is where do you want to go? Like what direction do you want to go in cybersecurity? I'll let the, let the monitor, moderators know and I'll, I'll answer that a little bit more. Uh, what do you think of cybersecurity boot camps? I think cybersecurity boot camps are good for downloading a lot of information quickly, but it depends on how you use that information. If you're the type of person that'll take that away and then study it after, they're great. Um, I'll use the CISSP. There's a lot of CISSP boot camps. To consume that much information you need to know for the CISSP, if you're cold, if you're just kind of security plus, you've been in the industry for four years and you're looking to get your CISSP and there's a lot to learn, security boot camp's gonna be this drinking by, with, by the fire hose, right? Just a lot of information is coming down on you. And then what's gonna happen is you're gonna walk out and you're just gonna be like, I don't know what just happened. You need to be able to consume that information and then slowly start to study and review, 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 right? And then make sure that you have a system set up that you make sure that you've checked off everything that you've learned, that you got taught in that bootcamp and that you do know it. Not that you just covered it and yeah, okay, I've got the high level concept, but you do know it. And that's why bootcamps, and this is my opinion, where I've seen bootcamps, I've seen courses where, and I remember reading a stat uh, when it came to uh, uh, cybersecurity and cybersecurity training, uh, or just training in general. When someone goes to a course, you know, they consume like 75% of the information, you know, and, and they're day one walkout, they've got all this great information. And then by day two, it's drops. And by day three, it drops. And then, you know, three, a week later, it drops. By the end of 30 days, it's you remember about 5% of the information. If you've just taken the course and that's all you do. But I mean, I think it's the Feldman uh, uh, process is that you take the course, you review it the next day. Right. Then what you review it is you review it the next month, right? The next quarter, the next six months, and the next year. And through that repetition, you're going to be able to be, you know, work on your recall of what you know and be able to recall it for later. And then what happens when you go back to it, you're going to be like, yeah, I actually do know it. So, hey, Brandon, tell me what compliance is and you're going to be able to go, right? What's the CIA triad? It's confidentiality, integrity, and availability. How do you know that? Well, I did that process, right? So, it, boot camps are not bad, but you got to have some uh, framework to actually study around. Uh, next question. Quick question. So I'm getting the A plus in two weeks. Should my next step uh, be I and E networking course or quick review of Net plus then CCNA? I'm um, hopefully uh, uh, of the I and E network courses. I think that's a good path. If you're going to go, you're, you're going to networking. I think that's a great path to go into networking and to be able to do that. I'd love to hear again. Like I ask you guys, where, what's your goal? Where are you going to want, want to be in two years? Where do you want to be in five years? Uh, quick question. Next step uh, after A+. plus. Depending on where you want to go. Right? I hear you guys talking about A+. plus. Not a bad certification. Again, let, let's clarify. A+, plus is a certification for desktop support. You're working at a, a store like um, Best Buy, Staples, any of that, servicing computers. But if you're going to cybersecurity, you guys can jump right into Net Plus and Security Plus or one of those certifications and just jump over A+. A+, is kind of your basic, here's a computer, right? How does it work? How does it function? How do I set it up? And hopefully at this point in IT, you guys know that. If you don't, it's a good one to get an introduction, but I'm going to tell you, 
probably in six months you're gonna you're gonna leapfrog that when you get net plus and security plus and you're gonna drop that and just move on uh what type of school do you suggest for cybersecurity? now there's a two pass here time how much time do you have right and then how fast do you want to get in the industry if you have lots of time look at your any you know degree course in your in your uh and actually look at money too Money is always a question of you have money to pay for university or college uh, diploma. All right. So depending on if you have time and you have money, then go into college or university. If you are limited on time and limited on money, then you want to go on certifications. Certifications will help to kind of get you into cybersecurity. But then again, the caveat here, again, is always to back it up with experience. I think the one big challenge that people run into is they're going, yeah, I've got all these certifications, but no one's hiring me. Well, they're not hiring you because you don't have the, the you don't have the experience to back that up, right? Because that's what a lot of these companies are looking for is I want to have it, you know, I want to see that you know the knowledge, but can you apply it? So that's my recommendation. Uh, do cybersecurity jobs have good uh, continuous education problems? I know this depends on the company, but would uh, would like examples of how this is handled. Most companies do, right, do have it, especially larger organizations have a lot of in-house training. Amazon, Google, uh, any of the manufacturers, Semantic, uh, I'm just trying to think of them. I mean, you name it, Cisco, Checkpoint. You name the company, a lot of the big organizations have in-house in training. A lot of them do training right on the spot. Like as you get in, they take you through training. And some of them have like two weeks, you know, a month of training to get you up to speed. And then they have CEUs and, and, and continue education in part of your uh, personal development, part of your employment agreement. It's generally a personal development program that they want you to hit certain uh, thresholds that not only for them, but for you as well. So that's generally how it works with organizations. And then depending on what the education, if you want to go out and get certifications, uh, you have to pass the certification with most companies. Right. And then they'll, they'll pay for it. If you don't, if you fail, most of the times it's out of your own pocket. So you want to make sure you prepare for it and do that. So that's what I've heard with uh, most of the companies and organizations that do certifications. Uh, give me a second here. I'm just sending a message here to the moderators just to make sure we got all the questions answered. Uh, do cybersecurity jobs. Good continuous program. Yeah, I got that. Is it common for cybersecurity jobs to be remote? I live and want to stay rural. Okay. So right now you're asking that question and we're in the pandemic. So a lot of jobs right now are rural. We're going to have to see right now as, you know, six months, one year, wherever that time frame is when the pandemic lifts and then all the lockdowns lift, are we going to have a hybrid approach? I think we might. I think companies are going to start to see this hybrid approach of people in the office as well as working from home. One for business continuity and costs and revenue and overhead is actually a lot cheaper to have people working from home because companies don't have to pay for the big overhead and the big spaces, but also looking at different management styles. So we're going to see probably a, a hybrid, right? A hybrid approach of that. And I think the, the great thing is that you have options now for different companies. And so as you get a level of expertise and, and, experience you're going to be able to work with companies that you know are going to meet with your your needs so if you want to be rural and you only work remotely and you know maybe you're doing pen tests remotely and you're doing application pen testing you can do that remotely then what happens is th these options are out there so you can find companies that are looking for people like yourself 
Uh, separate question. Is it worth switching from an administration to security? Of course. I mean, but it depends on you. Like I always recommend if people want to go into security, it's a massive, massive industry, right? It's, you know, it's something that you're always looking at the evolution of technology, the companies, the growth. It's so amazing. I mean, that for me, if someone asked me, you know, and showed me the passion that they love security, then sure. If you're going to security because it's a paycheck and you want more job security, don't do it. It's not, it's not worth it, right? You got to have a passion for it. You got to enjoy being security because if you're not, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it because it's got to be your, your, your part of your DNA. You know, like people do marketing and they love marketing and love, you know, video and they love images and they love all that. It's gotta be no different. Like it's gotta be something you wake up and you're like, man, I love this. I love learning about, you know, people getting compromised and how that, that technology and what they did and what was the methodology, how to protect companies, how to educate them, how to get out there. You got to have a passion for that. If you don't, it's going to get frustrating because it's, it's hard. It's a hard career to be in. It's well, it's well worth it, but it is hard. Uh, feedback. Uh, you're giving some great advice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm here to help you guys keep the questions coming. I uh, got two more questions going to answer off and then I'm going to just uh, close this off. Uh, which would be the better entry level job system in men or networking men for a career path in cybersecurity uh, for the red team? I'd probably say, in, just in this, in my opinion, networking men, learning how to set up the environment uh, and then the network topology and working in the environment potentially is going to be a, a better role when you're going from red team to uh, going from blue team to red team. All right. Just because happens, you're going to see how the whole environment set up and how the infrastructure is set up. All right. Not saying system is not bad. I think either one you can, you can transfer over again. There's just, when it comes to the security side, there's so many you can test against, right. And do all the, the great pen testing. I think it comes down to which one do you really want to get into for me? my experience being in it for the Ontario government, I was working to help desk site services and kind of the network I'm in and that just because the role and I found it, you know, was really interesting and I could see how in security, I now can look back at the network and kind of go, ah, I see how they set that up. I see that, that this is the areas could be compromised, physical compromise as well as kind of the different uh, areas. Uh, last question. What's a good way to determine which cybersecurity uh, area would might be more suited or interested in uh, as a follow-up. How would you want to determine whether they'd want to be blue team or red team? So blue team is not necessarily cybersecurity. Let's kind of clarify. That's more setting up the environment. That's more configuring. That's more setting up the infrastructure, the IT infrastructure, red team, right? A breaking down. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some components of, you know, in the blue team of hardening the environment. But when you get into your real focus of security, of breaking it down, that's normally your red team, right? Because blue team's kind of doing both setting up, configuring, patch management, kind of doing all that and hardening where the red team is strictly like security, trying to break it, trying to crack it, right? So that's kind of, you know, you're looking at the difference of that. Uh, and your first question, what's the way to determine cybersecurity? Okay, so what I would do is grab the cybersecurity plus book uh, or just a resource, look over the framework of it and the, the index and go through each of those, you know, what the, each of those chapters are and, and highlight them, see which one, you know, by highlighting, which one interests you and then go listen, you know, watch YouTube, listen to podcasts about them. And the ones that shine more for you that you're like, yeah, I'm more interested. 
Now put a star beside them. Those are probably the areas you're going to be more interested. If you're like, oh my God, application development so boring. This guy keeps talking about Python over and over and writing scripts and you know loops and variables and all that. And I, I can't do it. I can't do that. Or someone's talking about policies and you're just like, okay, so you're writing, you know, policies and procedures, you know, you know, disaster recovery and business continuity and instant response. And, oh my God, it's like, you know, nails on a chalkboard. Then that's not the area of cybersecurity. Whatever is you're like, oh my God, tell me more. I want, I want to listen to that podcast again. I want to watch that video again about compliance. That's the areas you want to look in deeper more. And that's going to start to narrow down where you're going to get the, the best bang for your buck of where you're going to be focused on your cybersecurity. Okay. So that's all the questions I've got in the queue here. Uh, thank you so much guys. I mean, uh, hopefully uh, give me a thumbs up. Let me know. Uh, was I able to answer all your questions and get everything answered for you? I think, you know, again, Neil, myself, the team, uh, the cyber uh, and security team is here to help you to really provide value, provide education, get experts on the field, you know, get you that next level when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, I know Neil's show starts at, uh, at 7 p.m. Central Time in about one hour. And I think he's covering right now Rainforce Training Platform, deep dive on their hands-on exercises. So sounds like an interesting episode. So take a break, go grab a coffee, grab a tea, do a bio break and come back and watch Neil's show. And just remember, we're here to help you. We're here to support you on the, on the cybersecurity, uh, cyber and security network. Make sure you tell your family, make you tell your friends, come out, you know, share this out with your colleagues. We're here to help you guys, you know, you know, strive for that next level when it comes to cybersecurity. So just remember software is hackable being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber.